In Martin Scorsese's The Irishman, after Frank Sheeran murders Teamsters union leader Jimmy Hoffa on behalf of his mob boss Russell Buffalino, the FBI takes great steps to identifying and bringing to justice the perpetrators of this crime. 200 agents were put on the case, and millions of dollars were spent on it. Nobody is ever convicted for the crime itself, but many are arrested and imprisoned for other crimes, whilst others are killed before they can be jailed. The FBI always felt they knew who was involved in the killing of Jimmy Hoffa, and though the murder has technically gone unsolved, they remain confident that all guilty parties have been punished in one way or another. The former assistant director of criminal investigations for the FBI, Oliver Rendell, once said, Even if it's never solved, I can assure you that those responsible have not got enough scot-free. Special Agent John Bell once said, in regard to the Hoffa suspects, Remember, the government didn't convict Al Capone for bootlegging, they convicted him of tax evasion. As shown in the film, most of those involved in the murder, such as Frank Sheeran, Russell Buffalino, Anthony Salerno and Anthony Provenzano, all receive hefty prison sentences for unrelated crimes. One gangster who is involved was Salvatore Briguglio, aka Sally Bugs, an underling of Genovese captain Tony Pro, who was dealt with in a different manner. Bugs was involved in the Hoffa hit by sitting in the car with Hoffa, Frank Sheeran and Chucky O'Brien, Hoffa's foster son, and driving off before Sheeran and Hoffa enter the house where the hit takes place. He was there to ensure everything ran smoothly, and Frank Sheeran, a close friend of Hoffa, didn't attempt to give Hoffa a signal that something was wrong. Later on in the film, it becomes apparent that Bugs was seen walking into the federal building, and as Russell Buffalino explains to Frank Sheeran, there's nothing wrong with this in of itself, as many mobsters are called in. But the reason why this is seen as a red flag is because Bugs did not tell anyone he was being called in by the FBI. Now why would a gangster walk into the FBI headquarters and not tell his bosses? Surely he must have flipped. Whether this was the case or not, following the mantra of Buffalino that when in doubt, have no doubt, Frank Sheeran is dispatched to kill Bugs, which he does so. It is only then that Sheeran tells us that it turns out Bugs did in fact tell someone that he was going to the federal building, but that person forgot to tell anyone, so the man died for nothing. It's a darkly comic scene that highlights how little value is given to life inside the Mafia, and that people are often killed for petty reasons, such as miscommunication and misunderstanding, such as in this scene. However, is it really true that Sally Bugs was not talking to the FBI? Though this works for what the Irishman was going for, it might not actually have turned out that way in real life. The book The Irishman is based off, I Heard You Paint Houses, goes into a lot of detail surrounding the case of Sally Bugs. Early on in the case of Hoffa, the FBI were focused on a small group of people. There was a file on the case, 16,000 pages long, known as the Hoffix file, in which a memo on page 3 identified seven men as the prime suspects of the murder of Jimmy Hoffa. Anthony Provenzano, Stephen Andretta, Thomas Andretta, these two are the men who are supposed to have done the clean-up job on the Hoffa hit, Salvatore Bergiuglio, Gabriel Bergiuglio, Frank Sheeran, and Russell Buffalino. There were two other suspects also, Chucky O'Brien and Tony Giacalone, another Tony Pro man. 
who in the film is the guy who Pro brings with him to the sit-down with Hoffa. In spite of the huge list of people who would have benefited from the disappearance of Jimmy Hoffa, including even the CIA, the FBI seemed relentlessly convinced that the aforementioned men were involved in the murder of Hoffa. Wayne Davis, a former head of FBI in Detroit, once said, We think we know who's responsible and what happened. Another FBI head in Detroit, Kenneth Walton, said, I'm comfortable I know who did it. Six weeks after Hoffa's disappearance, a federal grand jury was set up in which all nine of the mentioned men appeared, all represented by lawyer Bill Buffalino, and all taking the Fifth Amendment. Sheeran even took the Fifth when asked about what colour the prosecutor's pen was, as shown in the film. Despite the men's silence, everybody went down. A year after Hoffa's disappearance, Tony Pro and Sally Buggs were indicted for the murder of Anthony Three Fingers Castellito, as shown in the film. Pro died in prison for that one, and the only reason the FBI found out was because Salvatore Sino, who was involved in the murder of Castellito and was in prison at the time, came forward and turned on his accomplices in exchange for a deal of leniency on his sentence. And Sino knew the FBI were hot for Pro and Buggs, desperate to get them on any charge, as they were convinced they were part of the Hoffa murder. Again, a year after the Hoffa hit, Tony Giacalone was convinced of income tax fraud and did 10 years, and two decades later he was indicted for labour racketeering and died whilst the charges were still pending. Two years after Hoffa's murder, Russell Buffalino was convicted of extortion after someone used his name to obtain £25,000 worth of jewellery and Buffalino threatened to strangle the man if he didn't return the money. The man's name was Jack Napoli, and as a direct result of the Hoffa investigation, he had been wearing a wire. After a four-year prison stretch, Buffalino came out and sought to murder Napoli, but one of the men who he wanted to carry out the hit flipped and Buffalino was sentenced to 15 years. Chucky O'Brien did 10 months for falsifying a bank loan application and receiving a car under dubious circumstances. The Andretta brothers each served 20 years for labour racketeering charges. Gabriel Brigugilio did 7 years for similar crimes and Frank Sheeran received sentences totalling 32 years for crimes he had committed. As an FBI source once said, these are all direct spin-offs from our Hoffa investigation. Clearly, the FBI were dead certain that these men were all somehow involved in the Hoffa hit. They indicted them for anything they could find on them, giving them maximum possible sentences. But what made the FBI so sure that this list of nine men were involved in the Hoffa case? What made them so certain that these were the men they should be chasing? Why had so much labour, time and money been spent on focusing on such a small group of people? Surely someone was talking. And surely it was the one man who out of the nine did not go to prison. Sheeran says in the book I Heard You Paint Houses that the federal buildings are always being watched, and perhaps the mob even has people inside the buildings watching on their behalf. Going in and not reporting is a big problem, and that's exactly what happened with Sally Bugs. Unlike the movie, the book states that Bugs did not tell anyone about seeing the FBI. He was confronted by the mob, and he admitted to going in to see them, but says he did not tell them anything. If Bugs was collaborating with the FBI by this point, confronting him would cause them to pull back, to remove wires he'd be wearing and to pull tails that would be following him. Or that's what you'd think they'd do. 
Sheeran says he heard rumours about Bugs. Rumours that he was nervous about the Castellito murder investigation. Rumours that he was nervous about the Hoffa investigation. Bugs had a liver problem and he was afraid that he had cancer. This kind of talk would make the higher ups in the mob concerned about his mental state and whether he was tough enough not to crack under questioning. Clearly it was not worth the risk and Sheeran was sent to silence Bugs once and for all. It is thought that before his death, Sally Bugs was not in a perfect mental state. Reports suggest that he acted like someone with a need to get something off his chest. In 1976, a detective who was tasked with keeping an eye on the Andretta and the Brujugio brothers found himself drawn to Salvatore. He said, You could see that his brain was in turmoil and he was having difficulty coping with it. We all agreed he'd be the one to focus on. A year later, Bugs' need to talk manifested in a conversation with Stephen Brill, author of The Teamsters. Brill said, Salvatore Bergiuglio and I talked in 1977 with the grand rules that I would not reveal our discussions. On March the 21st, 1978, he was murdered. Our talks, which were conducted privately, were rambling and only touched on the murder occasionally. Even then, he only passively confirmed with a nod of his head certain relatively minor aspects of the crime that I put before him. He offered no elaboration and never revealed enough to implicate anyone except possibly himself. In 1978, just a few days before his murder, Bugs took part in a recorded interview with Dan Moldea, author of The Hoffer Wars. The author says that Bugs appeared worn and tired, showing the strain of the enormous federal pressure he was under. He also quoted the gangster as saying, I've got no regrets, except for getting involved with this mess with the government. If they want you, you're theirs. I have no aspirations anymore. I've gone as far as I can in this union. There's nothing left. What exactly was Sally Bugs' situation? Did he spill the beans to the cops? And was he then placed on the streets with a wire to get a confession from someone? And was immediately murdered by the mob for his betrayal? If not, why did law enforcement direct newspaper reporters away from Tony Pro as a suspect of Bugs' murder and Bugs' flipping as the reason? For example, the New York Post had an article saying that investigators say that the mob probably killed Bugs to get control of Tony Pro's local 560 while he was away in prison, and getting rid of Bugs was a necessary move in that venture. Law enforcement also brought up other gangsters seemingly unrelated to Bugs's case as potential suspects in the murder, such as Carmine Galanti, who was in prison at the time. Was it a case of the FBI getting Bugs to crack, offering him a deal in exchange for wearing a wire and getting a confession from someone, and then being embarrassed that Bugs was killed shortly after? It kind of sounds like the big pussy storyline from The Sopranos, doesn't it? To this day, the FBI have not released their full files on the matter to the public, and only after intense media pressure and a lawsuit from Hoffa's children that was taken all the way to Supreme Court that the FBI released a summary of the Hoffa investigation in 2002, 24 years after the death of Sally Bugs. However, the released report was heavily censored, with names removed and portions of interviews blacked out and pages missing. The same year, the FBI released a 1,400-page condensed version of the original 
16,000-page report on the Hoffa murder, and the Free Repress report, in its final sentence in its article concerning the report, that the document suggests that the FBI's most significant leads ran out in 1978. And that was the same year Sally Bugs was killed. So what do you think? Is it mere coincidence that the FBI was so adamant that these nine men were involved in the Hoffa murder and Sally Bugs was killed for no reason? Or do you think that he had been in fact talking to the FBI? Let me know in the comments below and thanks for watching.